Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day-to-day with the help of Skittles' chewy candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar, movie snack, even my secret, so an afternoon pick-me-up. And I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. Nobody move, there's blood on the floor. And I can't find my heart. Where did it go? Did I leave it in the cold? So please give it back, cause it's not yours to take. It must have felt when I lost my mind. Deep in the cut, drown it in pain. Somebody help, cause I can't find my way. Nobody move. Nobody move. Ooh. Yeah, nigga, that was smooth. Why wasn't Kia here to hear that smoothness? <laughs> uh, praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to the final resting episode of Getting Grown while we are on this break. I just wanted to come through real quick uh, and introduce our final reprise episode. You already know it's featuring our sister and one of our very faves. Hey, Fran. Hey. So please enjoy this episode of Radical Joy. We're talking about um, fearless self-care and cultivating the practice of joy as acts of restoration, which is perfect timing for this break that we've taken is it not we get to come back all refreshed and we got awesome guests for you all in the future and i'm so excited for you all to see everything that getting grown has been working on but in the meantime and in between time make sure you introduce uh, introduce enjoy (laughs) this episode of radical joy featuring our sister hey franiqua hola so we are excited, excited, excited to have a mainstay at the kitchen table, one of our 
one of our sister friends who just belongs here with us. Absolutely. Um, friends, <laughs> friends back, guys. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, was in the building. <laughs> hey, friend. How are yeah. you guys? We are excited. Man, I'm just glad to see your face. Oh. I'm just glad to see your face. That makes me happy. I just saw your <laughs> face. <laughs> I literally just came You're from a friend's it. house like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, man, because y'all, y'all been working. Y'all been working, working. Double duty over child. here. I love to see it. Everything good with you, sis? Yes. Everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good. I'm out here working me, see me and friend together about four times a week Child. and uh, <laughs> all this I'm, and you know she's not sick of me yet and i'm grateful and <laughs> and i don't have anything to complain about outside of these uh government planted fireworks oh my god my please lord, lord please mm. lord please listen lord. you know it's a thing here too it's everywhere it's a thing everywhere it's psychological warfare on a national level exactly that's what i'm what hoping stuff it's <laughs> like no, dead ass. I feel I like they're planting them in the hood the way they planted those mounds of brick. <laughs> and niggas love fireworks, so they're like, yes. And they go and they see this big pile and it's Disney World. I legit want to go downstairs and ask them why. That's it. I just want to <laughs> look at this way and say, why are you doing this? Fireworks cannot be that fun. Your hands don't get tired? Because I'm just like, First of all, it's Thursday at like 8.30. Like, yeah, what are they we started on my block and Jade is my witness. They started at 3 p.m. yesterday. 3 And they go till p.m. 3 a.m. And don't stop till 3 a.m. I'm like, I at one point wanted to just cry. <laughs> I didn't have the tools yeah. to process that many hours of fireworks. I wanted to just cry. Either that or They're throw stuff. They're trying to condition our brains. I want to throw stuff at them. As native New Yorkers, as people who grew up in, in these environments, I can say that this is unprecedented. Yeah. It has never been no. this bad before. Never. So I don't We've always had fireworks. How, like, like that's not on? new. Always. Especially if you grew up in the hood, you know that that's like a staple. Once every, it, once every it hits year. like June, July, up until about September, you're going to hear fireworks. It's happening. Just how it gets yes. down. But not like this. Not no. the not the cannon sounding it. ones over and over and then starting at three and i am in pg county i'm just like friend <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing like i'm just like this is not the hood so to speak <laughs> right like we are like pg county has his hood areas right. mm -hmm. but you know where like we are hood adjacent <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure that's how mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but I mean, like, y'all, like, I live in a community with young professionals, <laughs> or so I thought. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what are y'all doing? Like, help me understand. I saw um, there was help an me. investigative reporter on Twitter who was asking people for some feedback. He was like, please DM me if you're experiencing this. And then he came back around and he said from what he gathered, um, some people said that they'd seen random white men pulling up in SUVs and, mm -hmm. and really? lighting this and then like leaving or 
when they asked the young kids where did you receive this from, they were like, oh, some man in the SUV actually like just gave it to us. Yep. So it's definitely something fishy going on. We just haven't connected I've the dots. I've been dog. saying it and niggas thought I was crazy. And I wouldn't I be like, surprised. No. You know I'm the conspiracy theorist ass friend. So I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> I told I mean, that actually like, makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if it has to do with like this uh, campaign to defund the police. Maybe they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we gonna stress y'all the fuck out and see if you need us, and then uh, we're not gonna be they there. They had, there was a video I saw they po- where someone posted the police were doing like siren wars. I saw that like, in Harlem. You saw yeah, that? like three a.m. Yes. in West Harlem. Yes, I saw that. That is exactly what's going. And there, if I'm in here, I had to have the air on. I had to have the Goldbergs blasting from the damn TV. I'm in the bed, and the, and I still could hear the boom boom in the background. Insane, like absolutely it's, insane. It's, it's starting to it's to really rattle me, and I and y'all know how important my sleep yes. is. So I'm like, oh my sure. god, they're wearing me out. <laughs> Which is why so is today's some- conversation right. is so important. <laughs> Which is why we have convened for this very reason. Um, thank y'all for uh, your patience. Last week we did a re-air. We wanted to just kind of like refresh mm-hmm. ourselves on a conversation and get ourselves mm-hmm. ready for for this week's discussion. Uh, we talked last week's conversation centered on stress and stress management and things that we can do to um, deal with. Uh, stress you know in our day-to-day lives um but I think a part of that for me what I'm learning especially given such um unprecedented times that we're navigating like in like national context like what it means to be in the bodies that we are in uh in the in the world during the during this time Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and and what that what that looks like and how that shows up in our day-to-day lives one of the things that I've I, I am um, interested in learning more about and getting better at is really building my muscles for joy mm-hmm. and like self-care. And we talk about self-care a lot. It's a buzzword. It's something that people kind of talk about, you know, sometimes not as substantively, but I want to have a, a real substantive conversation about cultivating a practice of that and thinking about joy as um, a space for self-care that we deserve, Mm -hmm. that we have to have, that we have to prioritize. And I was saying before we started recording that in my friendship with Fran over the years, one of the things that has drawn me to her and just one of the things I really admire about about Fran is that Fran is fearless when it comes to taking care of Fran. (laughs) And it is something that I, you just, you have to respect it. You know, I have seen Fran, um, literally and, you know, grow in that, in, in being able to prioritize herself and not in that like self-centered, like, you know, it's egotistical Mm -hmm. way, but in a way that, that, that says, you know, in order for me to be my best self and to do the work that I've been assigned to do, I have to make sure that I I have taken optimal mm-hmm. care of who I am. And I've just always, I've admired that, that, that about you for years now. And now that that's something that I'm trying to um, implement those practices in my own life, 
Um, I wanted us to have a conversation about what that journey has been like for you. Um, so tell us how you learned, like, you know, what is, what first, I guess the first question I have, was, was there an incident in your life? Was there, um, something that, that incited this in you? What sparked you to kind of take this perspective? Honestly, it had to do with the fact that no one ever cared for me growing up. Like I, you know, my, my mom covered the basics that were important like I was eating and going to school and Mm -hmm. had clothing all that was covered um but when it came to like my emotional wellness my mental health my spiritual wellness I didn't have anyone that was asking me any questions or providing that nurture or even serving as some kind of role model or some kind of system that I could Mm -hmm. observe it just wasn't there and uh, I saw how much I was suffering because of that. Like it, it, it changed the lens of how how I saw life. Like I just was, um, you know, you start feeling so victimized. <laughs> like you know, the world is mm-hmm. against you because it's like, how was I born? And no one was excited about it. No one. I never felt like I was wanted in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's just a very mm-hmm. heavy burden to carry as a as a child, especially and then as a an adult growing up, you start I well I'll speak for myself. I started taking that out on a lot of people like when mm-hmm. I was dating and in friendships mm-hmm. and it was almost like I expected things of people because I was trying to recreate those dynamics that I didn't have with my parents and trying to like fix it through people. And it was exhausting mm-hmm. and As I got older, I started to, which we've talked about before, like when you start humanizing your parents and it's less about Mm -hmm. what you did to me and more about how we as a collective are experiencing life and how it's Mm -hmm. affecting our interpersonal relationships. And once I stepped into that perspective, everything changed because then it became more about Mm -hmm. me trying to tap into why my mom didn't have those tools. (laughs) <laughs> as opposed to mm-hmm. pointing the finger that she didn't have them. It was her. like, how do we talk about this right. and get down to it? And that really started making me look at my own toolbox. And that's where the self-care kicked in. Cause it was like, well, I can't point the finger at her and, you know, and mm-hmm. not do the same for myself. And that's where things like, you know, even brand deals that I get, if I'm overwhelmed, I'm not going to overfunction for anybody. Even Mm -hmm. you see how you Mm -hmm. caught yourself, Kia, when you were like, I don't want to say selfish. I actually have no problem with that word. (laughs) I I think we should be more selfish. I think we should be more full Mm -hmm. of ourselves. Like, think about it, full of yourself. What's wrong with that? That's great. That's that's the best way that I will serve you me is if I have that cup full first. And then you're Mm -hmm. getting my most Mm -hmm. authentic, optimal voice at that point. And so... It was the fearlessness comes from just understanding that this is the only way that I can move in the world is if I take care of me. Because unfortunately, I didn't have anyone else to do it. And if I was going to survive, those tools had to be figured out very, very quickly. What age would you say you were when you started like taking it seriously? Honestly, something. Well, the Saturn returns, so I'm not surprised, but something about 29 (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm. that 29 30 
frame, everything mm. changed. Suddenly I was looking at the partners I was with and I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, this don't feel good. That don't feel good. I don't want to do this. Suddenly my nose became a little more confident. It's like I found the fearlessness in my throat to just start speaking up because I saw me repeating the cycle of my family and it was like well somebody's got to break this shit somebody you know and Mm -hmm. and I see how my mom is passive aggressive and she doesn't know how to say no she does not put herself first and I'm like okay if if anything that's what she did model for me is what I don't want to continue and so that has been yeah, twenty nine thirty. That's where shit just shifted. And by thirty three, I was like, "Fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> I say no more than I say yes at this point. <laughs> oh man, I think that's that's real though. So definitely, I, I say I say the language that I've been trying to use is like building a muscle mm-hmm. for it. I love because that. I do feel like mm-hmm. it, it's something that first of all. I've been using this metaphor a lot, even in my writing at work. But like when you think about a muscle, when we've been muscle development, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is something that that um, you're literally ripping. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like you. And it, it is about tearing down what mm-hmm. was so that something stronger can grow back. Yep. Um, and I don't think that we have dealt with the discomfort that comes with um, stepping into this space. Um, and, and that discomfort is intimidating for a lot of people. Right. So I, I know for me, I, it, I have been challenged in finding the part of me that is unafraid to be disruptive as it relates to me, um, prioritizing myself in the ways that I need to. Mm-hmm. I recognize that me being the Kia that I know that I need to be means that the Kia that my mother was most accustomed to is no longer is going to have to die. Yeah, and the kid that some of my close friendships, uh, you know, is is connected to. Um, that kid is going to have to die, which means that as a result, some of those relationships are going to have to die in that way. And I don't, I don't want to use that that language, you know, lightly. But I, I really, it I is mean, a it death because oftentimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a death, like, you know, it's the grief. So I, I'm finding that my, like, you know, kinds of conversations that I'm having to have with people who I love. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not about like, you know, you don't, you know, dismiss people that you don't really know, acquaintances, people that you haven't spent a lot of time with. But when you talk about, I'm not moving in this way anymore. And as a result, you and I may not be able to connect in the ways that we once did. We talking about relationships that have years on them, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's no easy feat. Were there were there instances in in your in your process in your transition where you had to deal with the pain of, of that change, that that stretching, that building of muscle? Mm-hmm. What were some were there any examples that come to your mind that for somebody who like me may be struggling in learning how to find their no? Mm-hmm. And they're no more and they're not now. And they're all of that. And they're all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually, you know, we had a, an episode that I really loved of Friend Zone called Good Kid Mad City a couple, maybe mm-hmm. a couple months ago already. And it was basically the pain of being the good kid. Mm-hmm. The silent suffering of being the good kid. And that episode really hit home for a lot of us because we talked about 
one case in particular, I read a case from this therapy website and it was a, a young girl who had done everything right. You know, went to the school her parents wanted. She was a good kid. She listened. She was compliant. And by the time she was older, she realized she had no idea who she was. <laughs> she didn't know what she mm -hmm. liked. She didn't know what she wanted. She had internalized her parents' voice to the point that it literally usurped her own. And that's when she was like, even her relationships that she was in, she's like, I didn't mm. even know what I liked, who I liked. Mm. I, it's just like no connection to self. Mm -hmm. And and her therapist told her, "Where what's your biggest fear? And she feared not having the love and approval of her parents. And she said, so her therapist asked her, which one is a bigger suffering? You know, mm -hmm. the, the thought of losing their approval and their shiny, bright, glowing view of you or living a life that's authentically yours. Mm. And she was like, wow. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. as, you know, as soon as she started removing her parents' voice and expectations and, and deciding, like, this is what I like. This is what I desire. These are my needs. Yeah, she said, guess what? Her parents actually didn't really love her as much. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and and they didn't glow one line she said that stuck out to me was she said when they saw her they no longer glowed mm -hmm. and that was heart-wrenching for her but not in comparison to a life that she was completely disconnected from living and I thought that was so profound just to see that process that she had to endure and so no the work is not easy when people mm -hmm. say like just do the work and spiritual and self-care it's not just bath bombs it's actually it's losing mm -mm. quite possibly your relationship to your parents if it's not in alignment with your highest self and relationships and being brave enough that's where the fearlessness comes in because i know that yeah. if i feel good the people that will vibrate with that are going to mm -hmm. be there and the people that don't will not be there and that's not always going to be that, you know, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. I have lost a couple friendships, um, not too many. For the most part, I think what does happen is there might be some distance mm -hmm. where it's like there's mm -hmm. no beef, but there's mm -hmm. also not much for us to talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. And then there are the friendships, too, where you acknowledge that you're trauma bonding. I saw people saying that a lot about uh, Issa and Molly <laughs> mm -hmm. on Twitter, which I thought was an interesting perspective right. where notice they only get together and fall in line with each other when everything's fucked up. Falling right. apart. But notice when shit's what's good, happening right now. <laughs> exactly. Look how the season mm -hmm. ended. They both, mm -hmm. you know, were heartbroken. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, let me call Issa. You know, and it's That's just like the source of their reconnection. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I had relationships where the, the our fun was getting pissy drunk and venting about how men weren't shit or how our parents mm -hmm. did this. And then when stuff was good, we actually didn't even really call each other like that. So mm -hmm. those are things I took mm -hmm. note of, you know, and even my dad, like. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.
and even my dad, like I stopped trying to create a relationship yes. that clearly he didn't want. And mm-hmm. that was a big one for me. It's like, okay, how do you not take that personal? <laughs> right. right. We just, it's right. funny people, you know, people, when they joke on Twitter, like, that kid got bad vibes. <laughs> like parents that don't connect with their kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, we, my dad and I don't fuck with each other. Like, what you gonna do? <laughs> it's just a lot there between it. us that is a barrier to us connecting. I don't know what the barriers are. He does, you know, and I have to respect mm-hmm. it and honor that that's just what it is. But what my job was, was to stop trying mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was making my life difficult it was a source of pain and confusion especially Mm -hmm. because it's something I didn't have control over so my advice is similar to the therapy blog except that this is going to be painful yeah and it's not spiritual work is not ever going to be easy easy I don't want you all to get swept up in Beyonce's song. It's a wonderful song. We love it very much. <laughs> but, you know, you don't charge your crystals in the moonlight and light your nag champa and think that everything <laughs> is going to be all good. You know what I'm saying? I've had to deal with the same thing with with my parents, my mother especially, with several expectations that she had of me. And it is not easy to say I am not going to live up to those expectations because that is not the person that I am. But that's what I that's the boundary that I've had to set with my mother. And imagine setting that with the person who brought you into this world and the amount of and not internalizing it as you being a failure just because you didn't live up to their perception. Yeah. And I have to be very vocal about that. I have to be very vocal and let her know when I don't agree with things that she says, I actually will combat it. To the point where my mother calls me combative and and I own it. Good. I'm like, you're right. I am combative because I don't agree with you on this and I'm never going to agree with you just for the, I love you very, very much. And I'm always going to love you, but I'm not going to agree with you if I don't agree with you. And that's just never right. what it's going to be. And if that means that our relationship has to cool off, I've told my mother on several occasions, if you feel like you need to take some distance from me for a while, then you go ahead and do that. And that's not an easy thing to tell your mother. And right. of course, they, they instill no. the mom guilt. I brought you into this world. I took care of you. I did mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And you have to work to not receive that projection of guilt because you're like, uh-uh, wait a minute, girl. You're supposed to do those things. But that <laughs> doesn't mean that I don't get a right to speak up about something that I don't agree with. Right. So I fully, I, I'm, I'm right there. I fully agree with you, Fran. It, it takes work and it's not Oof. easy work. And it's and it's, it's work that doesn't just like stop overnight. Like I think this yeah. is a lifelong undoing and unlearning yep. and unraveling. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's it's we've discussed this on when we did the daddy issues episode where it's like healing is not linear. I had some months mm-hmm. am like so good and I feel like I have mm-hmm. a good grasp on everything I've been through and how to process it if anything comes up and kicks up in my spirit. And then there'll be a week <laughs> or another mm-hmm. month where I am in shambles and suddenly mm-hmm. everything that's ever happened to me is in my face and I'm crying <laughs> yes. and I'm in my house, Mariah Carey wall sliding. And I just, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's like, how does that happen? I was just, 
I thought I was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's a range of human emotions. Right. <laughs> it is. And I think I think it comes back to what we talked about, like this process of unlearning mm-hmm. um, and like literally like recasting, reframing. Mm-hmm. I got to a point. It probably was around 29, if I'm being right? honest. Mm-hmm. But I got to a point. The golden when, yes. <laughs> yeah. I got to a point when I realized, like like the young lady in the example from the blog, that I had no sense of knowing things for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think what complicated that even further for me was church, mm. um, specifically around, because um, you know, I think, I think like you know, one of the things, just kind of like, let me see how I want to say this, because it's 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 it is, I think a lot of times we take on things, we're indoctrinated and socialized to do things. Um, and it and it seems like the right thing to do because everybody's doing right. it. Mm-hmm. But something clicked over on me around that age where it was like I really wanted to know my motive for doing something, believing something mm-hmm. um, for myself. I wanted to be able to defend it. Yeah. And I say it happened around that time because I think for me, one of the things um, that graduate school kind of opened me up to is that like, you know, when you're establishing yourself as a voice, as an authority about something, you have to be able to have the capacity to defend your ideas. Mm. Um, mm, that's interesting. And I, I looked around and realized that a lot of the things that I felt and believed and held so tightly to were because my mama said, or because my mm. grandfather said, <laughs> or because, you know what I'm saying? And when it came down to why I really believe things, um, and that's something, you know, and y'all know me, I'm a church baby and I don't think I'll ever not be, mm-hmm. but, but there was something that happened where it was like, my, it became less about the practices of going to church and doing those things, you know, that church folks are supposed to do and more about like really knowing Jesus for myself, mm-hmm. really understanding him as a person who walked the earth. And looking at things that we read from the perspective of that actual human lived experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and then looking at using that as a framework for what that meant for me and my lived experience. And I started to notice there were some things that didn't line up (laughs) or things that that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was never it was never been about me denying or or talking trash about, you know, because I feel like people do the best they can with what they got. Of course. Um, and when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So I learned a little bit better. So I've started to do better for myself. Um, but it was around 29 where I started to really, really want to understand things and un- understand myself for myself and to be able to know what I want without somebody having to tell me what that looked like. And I think um that that resulted in some shifts and changes in my in my relationships in my family and my close personal friendships and things like that um and it's still so i'm saying this to say like you know when we talk about it being a practice Mm -hmm. there are there are ways that it still shows up um where i realize you know i I have to sit and do the the inquiry the inquiry and reflective work of like well why do i believe that so hard like you're like Mm -hmm. why is this so important to me and why am i willing to die on this hill (laughs) like i mean 
Uh, and and I, I think that's something that's coming up for me now more and more given where we are in the world. And I've gotten to a place where I can say that, you know, church has stopped feeling good. Mm, that's real. Mm. And not because I don't believe no. in the in God. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the practice of things that we do. It stopped. It got to a point where it what was man it was, has created of God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm like it was. It was less. And the things that we, the things that I'm, I'm, I'm learning that some, and I'm not every church, but some churches, some church leaders, to me, their focus is not. Our focuses are different. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in this space where I am thinking about how do I, given this world that we live in, that we we navigating things we never had to navigate before and it feels like we can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. We have to accept certain horrible things about our lives. And I don't want to live in this space, this ordained space. I feel like God knew we was going to be in this space, right? <laughs> so... That being said, how do how do I live in this space and find ways to lean into whatever this space is designed to teach us and not let the parts of me that keep me going forward, the joyful parts, the restorative parts, not let those parts be over shadowed mm-hmm. by all the mess mm-hmm. so that was a really long way of segueing into the, <laughs> to the joy the joy conversation because to me joy is is not conditional right we joy is something that we have to have or we we choose to have despite what's going on in our circumstances mm-hmm. around us so Fran Jay mm-hmm. jump in let me know what are some of the things and the ways that you are aiming or aspiring to be diligent and holding on to to the joy of um, life as a as a means of your self care as a part of your self care? Well, I love that you compared it to like field research because for me, it's yeah. like. I didn't have anyone to teach me how to do any of this. So I had to learn by being my own example and embodying those practices. And, you know, something as simple as removing a relationship that doesn't make you feel good. You start seeing how much more space you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then slowly you're like, oh, what else can I? It's like when you start going through your closet <laughs> and you know how at first mm-hmm. you don't want to get rid of anything because you're like, but mm-hmm. I could wear that right. next year mm-hmm. or I might need that <laughs> for a party. But then you know how there's something that shifts in your brain where as soon as you really start being like, okay, just let it, you know, you're not going to wear that. Exactly. <laughs> like, and suddenly you want to throw your whole closet away. Yep. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you have bags and bags and bags and it's, and then the question becomes, okay, girl, well, you need something to wear outside because right. <laughs> <laughs> you get hyped. Okay. And it's the same thing for me where it's like, once I got into that space of like, oh, I have the power to design a life that feels good. Well, I'm on a rampage. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I actually think you have to go to the opposite extreme end of the spectrum in a way where you like start feeling it a little too much mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you want to mm-hmm. get rid of everything. But then that's important because you need to experience the spectrum for yourself. 
And then you find your footing over time of like, mm. okay, maybe that, maybe I didn't need to say no to that. I just was excited mm, yeah. to say no. <laughs> I was, I found my voice and got a little too excited that I could use it. Yeah. And you start saying no to everything. And then slowly you reel it in and find that center of the spectrum where you're like, okay, this is who Fran is. This is, mm -hmm. this is the comfort zone. This is the sweet zone. This is a spot where my voice actually lies and not me, you know, the one spectrum where you're removing and the other spectrum where you're practicing. That middle part mm -hmm, is where mm -hmm. you're being. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful when you get wow. there. And so now I feel like that's, why I'm so comfortable because I know what feels good and that's all that matters to me now. And so even yes. something as simple as like my home with all my plants and my diffuser and it's like, mm -hmm. this is my safety. I didn't grow up with safety and I had to create mm -hmm. it. And now that I have it, you are going to have to pry it from my fingers, yes. <laughs> from my Absolutely. dead fingers. <laughs> Take, give me your comfort, you Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not easy because there is a guilt I, I've spoke about this on a round table I was a part of recently. Shout out to Miriam Haznez, one of my yes. closest friends. Oh, she put a round amazing. table of black oh, women, right? Black women Ooh. healers and energy mm. workers and visionaries. And it was just so powerful because they're all so amazing that mm -hmm. I even cried on the round table. I mm. cried because I was like, wow, man, this is what black women in their power look like. Mm. Like what a blessing that I get to be around that. And those are my peoples. And and one of the women, her name is Sumaya. She's a doula. She's incredible. She said that when people were asking her if she protested, she said, yeah, I took a three hour bath. Yeah. Oh, when I tell you that was everything. <laughs> that was everything. And I was I like, lived. this is incredible. She said that was her protest because her grandma Absolutely. always taught her your job is to be beautiful and black and live and survive. Oh. And just like you're not in a in a yes. space of like trying to be seen. She said her grandma always told her she was beautiful and always told her she was important wow. and always instilled that. So her only job is to be and to mm -hmm. yes. take her baths and and live a lavish life where she's just a beautiful woman who gets to do what she wants and that's her radical that's her most radical form of protest mm -hmm. and hearing that, that really affected me back. i cried number one i cried hearing that she had the opportunity to grow up being affirmed because yeah, we don't hear that way. a lot and mm -hmm. that affected me on so it like hit me to my core in happiness that somebody got mm -hmm. to experience that it, it existed somewhere in our collective experience and and then to hear her form of protest which the it. average person might take wrong and be triggered by mm -hmm. because you know a lot of us are like well you got to be in the front lines and it's like listen we're all here to do whatever we are called to do and that's the beauty of it mm -hmm. you know and and yeah. i love that that's what she felt called to do <laughs> And, and, you know, and I admitted that I was in, in a, on the fence. I'm holding both mm -hmm. dots at the same time. Well, yeah, I'm the one that is going to go take that radical protest bath. But Jade and Crystal and I still went and got food and waters and went to the protest to nurture our community because we also yeah. understand the importance of that experience yep. and wanting to be an ecosystem where we're all pushing each other mm -hmm. in whatever we are being called to do. And so mm -hmm. for me, that's all a long way to say, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you feel called to do, 
whatever you feel called to express, I think the beauty of finding that voice is, is like doing what it means to you without guilt. Like, I love that she said yeah. that. It really impacted mm-hmm. me because yeah. she didn't look guilty. No. <laughs> she didn't she and she totally didn't and then she didn't try self. to like she didn't try to uh she didn't try to appeal to us either on how we reacted to that either mm-hmm. it was like it was and a very like, i said what i said it was a statement period period <laughs> period at the end of the period. sentence and i was like what an embodiment <laughs> that yeah, is yeah. goals to me <laughs> and because in a lot of ways i i am that way but i still do have that ping of guilt of like I need to do more for my community. Mm-hmm. But it's like, do mm-hmm. you know the blessing of if you take care of yourself <laughs> in a world that isn't trying to take care of you in any way? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's a radical protest, mm-hmm. especially as black Absolutely. women that we tend to put ourselves last in every realm, whether it's work, We're taught to do family. Yes. Yeah. Tradition. You know, and it's, this is a form of protest. And I, and I was just so affected by that. And I think it's a message that I want women to integrate and internalize mm-hmm. that we have that birthright. That's how I feel I about that. joy. You know, I um I think I've always kind of used my my personal joy almost as a defense mechanism um, yeah. beforehand. And now I've learned to find more of a balance. I kind of like Fran was saying, sometimes I feel guilty for moments where I'm like, I don't feel as bad as I should right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I feel like I should That's feel worse. One. <laughs> and I'm like, but I don't. And I find that it is a protection for me. And it is a form of protest when things are so, because things can get bad. Like last week I had a hell of a fucking week. <laughs> and I find that if I sit in that, it's not conducive for me. So I can have a hell of a week. I can have a hell of a day. I can have a hell of a conversation. But I always try to find it could be some I could end up looking at Twitter and I see something that makes me bust out laughing. And I <laughs> use that as my way to climb out of that, because I know me sitting in that is not hurting anybody but myself. So I've found even I felt guilty about posting the cocktail videos. I remember. And I, I was like, yeah, Hell no, Jade. <laughs> and, then I, and then I got mm-hmm. over it quick, had a conversation with friend, had a conversation with self. And I was like, you know what? Niggas need drinks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, niggas need drinks. Right now, of all times, while this shit is busting in the background, and you know what I'm saying? It's bombs over Baghdad. Like, niggas need drinks right now. And you know what happened? When I went ahead and went with that mind and I did that, niggas were happy. They were like, thank you. Yeah. We need and drinks. And they were supportive of it. They were like, thank you Very for creating so. during this time. And that's where I realized that's part of my protest to provide the joy that I provide to myself. Because let me tell you all something. I have a good time by myself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's nothing over here. And providing that joy just with energy to other people is a form of my personal protest and how I serve my community because there are people who don't know how to find that joy. And so I use that as a strength. Than when I'm able to take those moments, even in, in, in utter turmoil in, in my personal life, I take those moments of joy and it helps me to feel good. And it's projected onto the community as well. And you're reminding Absolutely. people that they have the permission. I think that's yes. a big one in our it's community. It's okay. Yeah. You're completely allowed. And one thing I want to add, 
Ikea and I have had conversations about this before where mm-hmm. uh, whatever feeling is coming up, whether it's like anger, sadness, depression, mm-hmm. joy. I always talk about this poem by Rumi. It's called The Guest House, mm-hmm. where in the poem he says, you know, feelings are like a guest house. You open the door and there's a new one every morning <laughs> and mm-hmm. your job is to mm-hmm. let them in and sit with them, you know? And, and I think I noticed that we are so welcoming of sadness <laughs> when, it, when sadness mm-hmm. hits, we'll sit with it and, and stew in it. Depression hits, we'll mm-hmm. stew in it. But with joy, I noticed that a lot of us have a trouble receiving that guest. When it knocks it on is, the door, we have something. guilt. We don't know yeah. how to let it in. We think we don't. Oh, you you yeah. knocked on the wrong door. It's, it's like we don't know how to let that in. And I love when the other day we were at Crystal's house and we were singing immature songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're saying a medley of things. <laughs> we sang a medley of immature's greatest hits. Very random night. <laughs> very random night but it was probably the most fun i've had in such a long time that when i was in the uber home my body felt different Mm -hmm. and i was like Mm -hmm. and this is the thing about letting joy in even amidst turmoil and chaos and when that guilt hits like don't forget that you have the capacity as a multi-dimensional being to carry all of these experiences at the same time. I can sing an immature medley and still be in complete awareness of yeah. what our community is going through. Absolutely. One doesn't cancel the other. And and, I'm a and one just up make you, sure. Yeah, go ahead. I'm a one up you. Not only not only do do you have the should you have the capacity for that? You deserve that. Especially you as a black right. person, you, you have, have a the right. right. The to only experience way to sustain, I mean, like suffering all the time, we already experienced that, and that's what exactly. I was saying about my childhood. I never, very, I can't even think. I feel bad because sometimes people will ask me things about my childhood. Oh, did you ever do this? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My shit was terrible. <laughs> People don't understand. And their reaction, the reactions be so wild. It'd be like, oh, oh I'm okay. yeah, because it's like, no, I was not that kid with like the cute birthday parties and the bicycle. Like, no, there was a lot of suffering and death and trauma and abuses. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a bad Tyler Perry movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yeah. and so now the moments that I get to sit with my friends and sing stupid songs for five hours straight because that's what we found fun. Like, I'm yeah. gonna lean into it. <laughs> because you need it on a cellular level i need to remember that this is allowed and not only it's it's a it's allowed it's restorative it is it is i think it is a part of our practice of of continuing yes Mm -hmm. we need to imprint that into ourselves Mm, like hey little cells remember you can feel this too (laughs) and i think it's it's essential and i honestly feel like it is our responsibility to impress that upon a generation that's coming oh my god Mm -hmm. so So like as we as we are navigating the traumas that were were put on us and that we are unlearning it is our duty to share what share this new knowledge and information with the people that are coming behind us because when I really think about it and I talk to my grandparents and I talk to older people because I love stories and I love history in that way. But but I think 
if if you if you look at our history in this country as a people surviving horrible shit is our birthright mm. man it is something that we have literally been built to do mm-hmm. we the look, I, I on on juneteenth the way that i chose to celebrate was to start a thread on twitter asking people to share their favorite things about being black that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the things that kept, and i did it on twitter and instagram i love that and got such positive response but one of the things that kept coming up over and over again in addition to things like our laugh mm-hmm. <laughs> things like our our capacity to make make fun out of anything not fun of anything but fun out of anything Mm -hmm. we can make game and sport we can make (laughs) difficult things enjoyable it's facts Um, look how nothing survives black twitter (laughs) nothing (laughs) like we can find the humor in everything in everything and that's not so some people would say that that's not that's us not taking things seriously when i think it's the opposite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that having the capacity to to and and to be to to look at things and have that duality about things by being able to be present in how awful the thing is but then to see the humor in it and to use that humor mm-hmm. to navigate through it, I think is a, is a gift that we have. And that's something that kept coming over and over again. We have survived terrible shit before as a people, mm-hmm. totally based on the fact that we can make up dances and songs <laughs> and words and we can literally have nothing mm-hmm. and still have a good time. It's true. I got like nothing. I think I was 12 <laughs> or 13 and I had a man pull a gun on me. And I had to stand there and had the gun right there. My sister was maybe 15, 16. She got bit in the head by a homeless nigga. Like, bit <laughs> so hard with the strength Lord, that you bite into Jesus. a chicken breast. That Jesus she had to get Christ shots Lord. in her head. And, and, and to this day, we still make fun of the nigga who put the gun on me because we remember what his <laughs> door looked like. <laughs> And we still will laugh and we'll be like, remember when you got bit in the head by that homeless <laughs> nigga? And I find that to be a form of, the, uh, you know, a form of that protest or that radical joy because we can take a terrible experience. And control how it hits our body. That's, exactly, that's how I view absolutely. it. I'm going to control how I inter- internalize this experience. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Exactly. That's my power. It's become, it's become the only coping mechanism that that I know, like literally, like. And y'all know that this time of year is tough for me because we lost Brian four years ago around this time, mm-hmm. and his yeah. birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. So, like this this particular juncture of the year is always challenging for me. But one of the things that literally pushes me to keep going is thinking about the fun that me and my brother used to have mm-hmm. 
thinking about songs we used to sing in my mom's back seat thinking about when he used to jones on me like i was telling my friend the other day the story of i was in this wedding this was years ago i was i was still in college so i maybe was like a junior in college that might be 20 years old I was in this girl's wedding. I wasn't really close to the girl. Just a girl at the church who was getting married. She called my grandma and asked if I would be her bridesmaid. And my grandmother was like, sure. And I was like, grandma, what are you doing? But, <laughs> so I was in this girl's wedding. And out of nowhere, like I was running around. I had to work. Her wedding was on a Saturday afternoon. I had to work that morning. Running around and managed to get to her house. Managed to get in the dress. Hadn't really taken care of myself. I didn't eat. Just got to the church so we can get through the wedding. And I passed out in the wedding. Oh, shit. Oh. In the wedding? Literally made it. In the wedding. I made it down the aisle and was standing up there with the rest of the bridesmaids. I was the tallest. So I was like the first one to come mm-hmm. in. I was standing on the end. And was literally standing there like, wow, I made it. It was been a crazy day. I made it. We're here at the wedding now. I just got to get through the wedding and I can get to the reception and all will be well. And I literally remember thinking like, it is so dark in this church. Oh, oh in the my world. God, no. Is it dark? Like, why would they turn the lights oh out? Like, <laughs> and the you next thing I knew, I was out. on the floor. <laughs> I was blacking oh out. My God. And I was on the floor. And I woke up and my brother was standing like, I literally opened my eyes and his face was over mine. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, he was just so disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like he was less than concerned about how I was actually feeling. Like, my health. Right. But he was just like, you have embarrassed me. <laughs> and you need to explain what the problem is but just thinking about that story and telling that story literally was the only way i was able to wipe my tears and carry on about my day just thinking about how disgusted he was with me because i had passed out in this girl's wedding she was like what is wrong with you what is like i mean he was fussing a full fuss and i was on the ground like what is happening the fact that this is not the first time i've heard this is not from you my home one of my best friends was diagnosed (laughs) with breast cancer last year and um Mm -hmm. ended up getting a double mastectomy and it you know it was and it happened literally she was diagnosed a month after her mother-in-law passed from breast cancer you would think that that you know she would be down in the dumps. She came, she met me, she came and flew to me in person to tell me that she had it. And then I saw her afterwards and one of the first things she said to me, she was like, "So bitch, do I look like a little boy or what?" <laughs> and, oh but, no. But right after she had the, the 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 double mastectomy, she goes and does like a sibling trip with three of her siblings. So they're all at a restaurant and she's not eating very much cuz she's not feeling good from the medication. And so she was drinking wine there in Colorado. And so the altitude was high mm-hmm. and she ends up passing out in the restaurant. She wakes up and all three of her siblings are standing over her. Bitch, what is what the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. <laughs> eat some goddamn food. And if you I'm eat sad. some food, you won't be embarrassing us. Fall us, fall exactly. us. They're apologizing to the people. The restaurant's sorry. And she, exactly. Not sorry and she's that she passed out. Dying laughing. So, <laughs> yes. But that was such a thing. That's what we find ways to laugh Brian at ourselves and like laugh at our pain. And and that's how we get through. And I think when we sit in that, that's when we really that's when it that's when it starts to eat at us. But when you're able to mm-hmm. to kind of overcome that by laughing at it or, or by finding joy in other things, you sure. you take power over it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, 
I think that we have uh, sufficiently dealt with this topic. Yes, that was a great I'm conversation, excited. guys. I enjoyed it so Thank much. You Thank you for including so me. Always. Absolutely. Friend is the person that who I think of when I'm like, should I do this? <laughs> like when I think of when I think of like, you know, like you know, like very slowly but gratefully building my home mm. into the space mm-hmm. that I that is mine that I love. And when I think about and Jade and I, Jay helped me through this too. Like, you know, I'm struggling in um feeling worthy mm-hmm. of the things that I want. Right. Because I have conditioned myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've conditioned myself, you know, to just, oh, I, I can just get by with what I need. I didn't need a big, a big grand bed. I didn't need, you know, these kinds of things, you know, when I was a struggling graduate student. And now it's like, no, I don't necessarily need a king size bed, but I like it. Yeah, why not <laughs> so, that all that room? <laughs> why not? Why not? I mean, just go ahead. I like, told you, I said, you I look mean, dumb as hell if you had a twin bed in that room. You better get a king size bed. You First of all, you a big a ass nigga. You tall as hell. <laughs> like, what the hell you look like in a full size bed? <laughs> but feeling like, feeling like it's okay for me to, because I feel, you know, I, I don't, we grew up humble beginnings, mm-hmm. right? I watched mm-hmm. my mother struggle financially and making sure that we had what we needed. And I, mm-hmm. I just value and appreciate the sacrifices that she's made that I don't ever want to be flippant with my money or flip it with anything, right? Mm-hmm. But thinking about, I always think about like, you know, would friends say that I deserve this? I think she would. I would always say like, yes. <laughs> you know she is. My favorite thing to say, like when I'm deciding if I should get something, I'm always like, my favorite thing is being like, you give so much to the world as mm. it is on so many levels. Like you deserve everything. It's very rare that I say <laughs> no to myself at this point. Cause I'm like, I, of course I deserve it. That's the default answer. <laughs> and then, then the, the brain it. has to kick in like, but should you friend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> should you spend that the astronomical uh, price ticket <laughs> on the shit that you don't actually need? But I'm always going to say right. yes, because I am my number one fan. Mm-hmm. I got to love on me. I first. love on I me hard. I deserve Absolutely. it. Somebody has to love on me hard, and I'm doing it Absolutely. in the meantime. So, That's you know, it. I'm going to say yes to all of the things, all of the king beds. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to overcome that with mom shit. I had to be like, you know, I used to feel guilty about buying things for myself, even very. Oh, that's a not big thing with ago. parents. I see that yeah. with all my friends that are parents. Y'all feel guilty for eating an ice cream without your kid around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, f- I stopped. Let me tell you who stopped that shit. Because I sat here one day and I was like, nigga, I work hard. And this right. little nigga has no worries. Like, I mean, when I right. tell you not a one, she don't have a worry. If she turn every time she turns around, it's a fucking Barbie thing in her face. You know what I'm saying? She's loved and she's full and she's well adjusted. And yeah, you know what I'm and, saying? So, and affirmed and supported and, affirmed. and emotionally taken care of like i see how when she has something that maybe you wouldn't agree with instead of you telling her no you explore that with her because Mm -hmm. you realize that she's not you and i love that i love how she has jade and and tristan allow her to have 
space when she needs a break from them because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kids need a break from our energy they too do. like and she needs to go take a bath and sing for a couple hours <laughs> yeah. yeah she does she, she has to she recalibrate <laughs> she's a person like and i love she that she y'all does. view her as that and y'all honor that space in her because she's not gonna know to honor it in herself if she does not see you guys mm. honoring it in her you're building that practice and now noah's a little friend yeah noah noah does what what did she do when we were at crystal's house the other day noah went outside she was sick of us we were loud she was on the ipad <laughs> she went outside on the deck and, and she was meditating meditating we looked and little hands were like this and she's looking up at the sky meditating she's i just needed quiet and, and and we let her have that <laughs> you know what i'm saying so ahead, so that when Noah. she gets older she doesn't feel guilty that's not projected onto her she doesn't feel guilty about about yeah. feeling good about yeah. receiving good things in her life which so many of us struggle with we have a hard time with it just just pleasuring ourselves in whatever way that is i'm not even yeah. being nasty right. you know yeah. what i'm saying reminding her that her voice that her voice is there for a reason and i think that's a big one when parents try to make us so compliant they don't realize how much of a disservice they're (laughs) doing to us because then we end up saying yes to everyone because we just want to for the rest of our lives we want you to like us they don't want you to deal with so you literally don't know how not to be that way and parents have to keep in mind you are setting the tone for how we connect to everyone after you which so is choose why I wisely. Teach her, you don't <laughs> seek anybody's acceptance, not even ours. Like whatever makes you happy, we want to nurture that. And then Absolutely. you 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 take that and you run with it and carry that that energy with you with dealing with all these raggedy niggas. And then when I say niggas, <laughs> that is all encompassing. Cause I don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> with her when she gets older, but it's all encompassing. It is human <laughs> beings. <laughs> So, friend, we love you so much. We always I love, love you, you guys to too. Table. I'm always so happy to come on Getting Grown. I feel like y'all be having the realest conversations, and it don't even feel like work. <laughs> and when you work with Black it women, don't. only magic happens. So I'm I'm Thank always you. happy That's to it. step into this kingdom. Those are the rules. <laughs> well, I will see you in an hour. Cause I, cause I, <laughs> I look at your face all day. <laughs> I love you guys and have an incredible you. rest of your show. You too. Boo. Thank you, friend. Bye. Love you. Bye, guys. Man, isn't friend always like a warm hug? She's always like a warm hug. I'm telling you, even in in our personal relationship, she's like a warm hug. Except for when we share in raggedy memes, because that also happens. <laughs> but I hope you all truly, truly enjoyed that kitchen table um, and you got some things from it that you might need. Maybe some messages came through and in the perfect timing. And I hope everybody is is enjoying themselves and is enjoying some sort of form of radical joy, especially while we're living in a burning world. But. In the meantime, guys, make sure that you're drinking that water because, again, we're at boiling point. Drink that water, okay? Your body can't live without it. Make sure you are minding your business and nobody else's. And lastly, hit them hooves because your black will crack if it's dry. I'll see you all next week. Bye. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. 
try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.